Welcome, welcome, welcome to This Is Football. Bienvenidos a This Is Football. Another Tuesday in 2024. We are back. We are in February. Tonight is my mother's birthday. Happy birthday to my mom, Debbie. I don't know if she watches, but if she does, happy birthday. Again, if you are just joining us for the first time here, this is This Is Football. Go ahead and give us a follow. The best time to do that is right now. Go ahead and hit, hit the little bell. And if you're wa uh, hearing us on all of our other social streams, uh, whether it be Spotify, whether it be uh, Apple, Apple, whatever you use for your streaming devices, make sure you give us a follow on there. Today, we have an absolutely amazing show planned for you guys. I'm so excited. Our guest is extremely excited. We've been talking about this for a few weeks now. It's a collaboration that we've been talking about for a while as well, but I am so happy to bring on to the show the one and only Mr. Will Forbes from MLF's Moves. Will, welcome to This Is Football. It's been a long time coming that we have you on, but we've been talking about Inter-Miami and, and everything that's been going on in the MLS here over the last uh, month in this uh, 2024 preseason. And I know you're coming guns a-blazing. So how was your weekend? How was your Tuesday? And and what's going on? Well, I'm glad to join you finally. Um, you know, we've been talking for a couple months now about possibly doing something. And we've, you know, exchanged. Uh, I think the first thing we talked about was uh, the potential of Luis Suarez coming to Inter Miami. And you were telling me about how big of a fan you are of his and, and how excited you were about the possibility of him coming to MLS and Inter Miami. Um, and then the friendships ob obviously blossomed from there. And, you know, I I'm just so excited to join you and, you know, I've had a great weekend, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to the new season and, and seeing what happens. And, and and hopefully it's a good year for the league. Absolutely. I mean, you said it right there. And and I know the title, you know, basically, you know, the title of this uh, pod is Messi Injured and More South Americans. I know you and I talked about uh, we're going to get into, you know, talking a lot about South American soccer. You and I have exchanged a lot of ideas on on, you know, players from South America, young players that should be coming into the league. But I really want to get into that first part and really, you know, is Messi injured again today? We heard the big news, uh, you know, Inter-Miami released a, a video or a, an interview of Messi basically saying that, you know, he, he's tired. He has felt since the first game of the, uh, the Saudi Arabia trip, uh, a little pain in his uh, a muscle right above. I, I would say, uh, you know, the, in Spanish, it's called an adductor. Uh, in English, I don't, you know, the the, the pronunciation, I guess the transition is adductor, but it's, you know, essentially a little bit, the, the muscle a little bit above the quad. So he's been feeling some some tension there uh, since that game. He tried it out in the second game in Saudi Arabia, and obviously it didn't go that well. And, you know, he felt bad not participating in the Hong Kong game. But, I mean, you're a little bit in the know more than I am. Is he really injured, or is this something that Inter-Miami fans should be worried about, uh, you know, coming into the season, especially knowing his injury woes last year and them having some implications on Inter-Miami making the playoffs or not. If I'm not mistaken, I think that injury is similar to the injury he had last season as well. It's, I think it's very similar to that. And obviously, uh, you know, Messi's the greatest player to ever, to ever play. And, but, you know, father time catches up to everybody. And, and, you know, when you're 36 years old and, and playing this many games and this type of travel injuries will catch up to you no matter who you are. Um, so, and I think obviously to the 23,000 mile trip is tolling on anybody. And, um, you know, I just, in all honesty, and I've said this, I think this, and I think most people agree that this preseason tour has been kind of a nightmare. Um, and there's been so many injuries that came of this. And, um, I, I think he probably did 
pull something or he would have played. I think I think it's in Messi's nature to always try to play in front of the fans. He's always dedicated to, you know, anybody that spends their hard-earned money to come watch him play. He wants to show up for the fans. Um, so I, I do think it probably is something. It's something close, something we should monitor. Um, but I, I just really hope this doesn't isn't uh, indicate something to come in the future where he's always picking up these uh, the, these small injuries and it, it hampers him from playing because Miami needs him desperately if they want to go anywhere this year. Absolutely, absolutely. And and one of the things that I had talked about, uh, you know, earlier in the preseason was the possibility of Nico Lodeiro. Uh, who previously played in Seattle coming to Inter Miami. It was almost a done deal. Um, and then last minute he pivoted and went to Inter Miami rivals, you know, the, the 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 purple team in the in the central Florida up there that that play in the stadium called Interco, apparently, which is kind of funny. But uh so he goes over there and he would have been the perfect substitute for a Leo Messi. Now Inter Miami doesn't have that. They're still out in the market. You and I have talked about a couple of names, one of those names being uh, Redondo, young kid out uh, who plays in the Argentinian League for Argentinos Juniors. For those of you that don't know Argentinos Juniors, that is the club where Diego Maradona uh, got his roots started at. Uh, so, you know, some big, big, uh, a big, big club in Argentina. Um, what have you heard, Will, about uh, Redondo? Because I know you and I spoke about it uh, late, late last week, um, and there was some, you know, a lot of rumblings. Have you heard anything else about Redondo coming? Because he would fit that Miami midfield perfectly. I, I've just heard that they're definitely targeting a couple guys. Uh, you know, there was obviously the Christian Medina rumors a couple weeks ago from Boca Juniors. Um, and obviously they they rejected the bid two or three times. They offered, I think, up to $12.5 million for, for the, the young midfielder. Uh, Boca Juniors told him no. Uh, yeah, I know that they pivoted to Redondo and they're hoping to get something done. They kind of, this kid is actually more highly rated than Medina. Um, and they only offered $5 million from him. They rejected that pretty quickly as, as fast as the offer uh, came in. Uh, I think that that's something definitely that could get done. I mean, this kid is highly touted. Uh, I know that there was rumors about him possibly being targeted by AC Milan. Um, so obviously big suitors, uh, a lot of good, a lot of big clubs interested in him. Uh, but they desperately need that depth. Uh, they need another midfielder. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of uncertainty. I don't feel good about uh, the midfield and especially with the injuries um, and, and they have a spot. They can technically sign a designated player, uh, you know, that because um, uh, Campana, I think is the one who's designated as the third DP right now. He can be bought down. Um, and, and I think Gregory's new deal is still, he puts him in the TAM range. Uh, so they, there's a couple things they can do. They can still technically sign a, a DP as long as the young DP under 23 years old. And I think with the ferry, the Farias injury, they can also sign a U 22. So there's still some things that they can do. Um, one thing I wish we had more transparency on is how much money they have left, you know, especially from like, say the Kamal Miller trade, they got a bunch of resources from that. I would like to know if, how much they've used on sure. that already and, and what they have left. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, you, you said it right there and it's kind of in, in the third, the third part of, of the title of, of the pod is, is inner Miami cheating. And, and you, and again, we've gotten into that. There's a lot, a lot of back and forth on MLS Twitter. Um, and especially from Orlando city fans and, and really the, the teams that inner Miami kind of plays more often, you know, which are the, the East coast teams and, you know, some Cincinnati fans and stuff always saying, you know, you know, how is inner Miami doing this? How are they bringing Suarez? How are they bringing Messi? How are they bringing Busquets? And how do they still have enough money to go out there and bring, 
you know, a Rodondo, a Cristian Medina. Uh, the they even floated the name of a, a Palavecino who plays in River Plate. So they're they're still trying to bring some very big names of you know uh, young Argentinians who have you know who who have some experience in Libertadores or in Sudamericana and can help the team. So I mean, it, it, and you and I talked about it. It's crazy, but if you really look at how Inter Miami has you know acquired all this money. Over the last couple of years, whether it be Gam Tam through trades, I mean, Chris Henderson has been an absolute genius in acquiring it, and he just did it again with uh, the trade of Chris McVeigh over to DC United, and also uh, you know getting uh, getting Nico uh, Stefanelli shipped over uh, to Hungary and opening another uh, you know another international spot. So you know Chris Henderson continues to cook down here. They call him the chef for for, for a reason. He continues to cook. Um, I don't. I don't know how much more he can cook because, again, everybody keeps saying he's cheating. But you can you can enlighten everybody on on whether they're cheating or not. Yeah, I don't think that they're cheating. I, I just think that they <laughs> they they have the unfair advantage of having the messy discount. You know, all his friends want to come to South Beach and you know be in paradise and play with one of their their good friends and and enjoy themselves. Um, you know, signing Jordi Alba to a Tam deal. Uh, Luis Suarez, I don't even think he is a TAM player. Uh, I've heard from a couple people that he's making between two to four hundred thousand dollars a year, essentially playing almost essentially for free for what his talent would 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 normally bring. Um, I just think that they're taking advantage of people wanting to come here and play with Messi. There's no rule breaking, I, especially with the Matuidi uh, situation a couple years back. I don't think they would go anywhere near a scandal. Uh, after that, because I can assure you that the league would probably not be, uh, they would not be lenient on a second big scandal. Um, so, and, and I think that they're just very smart with the resources. I think you take the messy discount with Chris Henderson knowing the rules, you know, better or just as well as any other person in MLS that they're just utilizing everything to the to the best ability, and uh, you know, they're just putting they're putting together something that we haven't seen before, but you know, that more teams in the league should strive for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I I really, you know, I, I didn't uh, ask you this question before, but I'm going to throw it out there now just because I think it's relevant based on, you know, the conversation we're having. But would you consider, uh, you know, since you follow the entire MLS and not specifically Inter Miami, but would you consider Chris Henderson the best GM in, you know, in the MLS? Uh, I would say he's definitely top three. Like on paper this season, what they've put together and everything looks really good. I just want to see some more results on the field. Um, but I would say he's definitely top three. I mean, you like I said, he knows the league just as well as anybody else. And sometimes that's the most important thing is just knowing how to maneuver through all the MLS loopholes and, and trying, you know, knowing all the, the rules. Um, and, and there's so many rules. I don't know how anybody can follow all of them, to be honest with you. Sometimes it's like they make them up just for fun to see if people can follow them. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, they, honestly. I don't know what's what's bigger, the tax book, like the, the tax law book or the MLS rule book because it, it's, it's close. absolutely insane. It's close. Yeah, exactly. It's close. Um, God forbid you got to maneuver both of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely good and he's been successful and, and, and you know, a lot uh, better than uh, what was it? Paul McDonough when, you know, uh, who was, I guess, the first GM in, in Miami's history. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think he's good, man. And I think that with everything aligned, that things should work out for Miami. They should. Now, obviously, there are some things that need to be addressed that we've talked about, some holes on the roster still. I th I think that, you know, a lot of people are still very concerned about the, the back four. Um, and, you know, one of, one of the things I mentioned the other day, 
is when you have a when you have a salary cap league of five point four million dollars. Now, obviously, it's a little more with uh, you know with, with Tam and Gam, but when you're spending a million dollars a year on a right back who is not performing to that level, I mean, he's making more than any of their center backs. I think he's actually making more than Avales and 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 Christoph combined. You're, you're the right back you're referring to is DeAndre Yedlin. DeAndre right? Yedlin, yes, exactly, yes, DeAndre Yedlin. Right. I'm sorry, and, I forgot and, the name. No, yeah, and and we we talked about him, and I actually mentioned to you that you know it would probably be better for Inter Miami to trade DeAndre Yedlin, uh, just because one he has excellent name recognition, um, you know he would bring in fans. So for any team, you know, just selling jerseys would that would be a plus. Um, but you kind of let me in on some interesting, you know, interesting inside knowledge regarding the DeAndre Yedlin situation that he he won't be traded. Is, yeah. is that correct? That that is correct. Yeah, I, I talked to a source. And they had said that if DeAndre Yedlin, DeAndre Yedlin had no interest of being moved to any other team. And if he were to be moved to another team, he would retire from the league. He would, he would, he would move to the fashion career. So, which apparently he's pretty big. And I had, I had no idea. I had no idea about that, but that's, that's what they say. Um, he is, so, he so, is. So, you got to see some of the stuff he wears when he comes uh, into the locker room on game day. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I question some of it. I don't know if I would wear it, but, let me tell you, he's very secure with how he dresses and who he is because he wears a lot of questionable and interesting, uh, interesting clothing options. But I got to hand it to him. The guy has style. I was going to say, so I, I was kind of confused there. I didn't know where you're going. I didn't know if maybe if he retires, is, is, is he, uh, you know, risking it? Is he going to be, is he going to struggle in the fashion industry? Uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like, uh, I guess, you know, he's got something lined up after his playing days and, um, you know, that would help a lot financially if they could free that up, but I guess it's kind of a long shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at the two fullbacks, obviously Jordi Alba, I think Jordi Alba makes close to the same amount as DeAndre Edlin and just the difference is insane. Obviously there's just no comparison. I mean, talking about one of the best left backs of all time, but that's just, you know, what you're paying, you're not getting your, you're not seeing the return on that. And they desperately, someone, I think someone said it in the comment section, they desperately need a center back. They desperately, absolutely. desperately need a center back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they did pick up a center back in uh, Nicolas Freire, an Argentinian who was playing in, uh, in Mexico. Uh, I believe his, his contract belongs to a, a Greek team. Um, so they did pick up a center back. Uh, but I'm, I'm assuming now with the clearing of, you know, of, those two players, Chris McVeigh, who was a, a central, you know, a center back, um, and we saw, you know, playing a couple games in the preseason with the, you know, him moving on, and now the opening of an international roster spot with Nico uh, gone. You know, I'm assuming that they're going to bring in or they're looking at bringing in some other international center back, uh, and that would make sense considering, you know, the the depth that they currently have at center back is not not very good uh, with with what they have back there. I think all they have is Ryan Saylor. Uh, Christoph, Toto Aviles, and uh, and I guess Noah Allen has been playing kind of like a left center back when they play three in the back, but it yeah. hasn't been going well for Noah Allen this preseason, although he has been one of my inner Miami original favorites. So, um, you know, it hasn't been going well for him, but I, I want to pivot a little bit into maybe a, a little bit away from inner Miami and more into, um, oh, actually, before we get in there, I want to, I want to throw a couple images up there. Uh, we, we talked about this just before we came on, but what do you and, and the viewers over there, you know, what do you guys think about this picture? To me, it looks like these guys and, and for those that are, are just listening on on our stream, you know, on our streaming, I'm showing a picture of, you know, Messi and friends. So Suarez, Busquets, 
Messi and Jordi Alba talking with good old friend Andres Iniesta, who they will play against him tomorrow, or I guess in the morning at 5 a.m. Eastern time. And so there's some pictures here with uh, Andres talking to the team. And a lot of the comments that I read on social media were, you know, Messi, the, the happiest he's looked was when he saw Andres Iniesta speak at the press conference today. And I thought that was kind of funny because, you know, in all the other games on the bench, they, they, they kind of put the camera on him and he looks kind of bored. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if, if you're getting the same, you know, the same sense of that. But to me, you know, he kind of looks bored or, or, or disinterested. Is that, is that the case? Yeah, I think he's bored. He's disinterested. He's ready to leave and go home. Uh, you know, th this I just think that this whole thing was uh, just too much. You know, I, I, I could understand if you were going to, you know, go on the, the, the Chinese tour or the Saudi tour, but both and then adding Japan in there as well is just too much. I mean, I, I, didn't they say it was possibly with I think with another game added, it was actually going to be around 30,000 uh, air miles uh, in the this whole entire trip, which is insane, you know, like it's just crazy. Um, I I think it was a little unnecessary. I know what they were saying about Inner Miami wanting to expand their brand and and get their name out there, but let's be honest, you have Leo Messi. Everybody knows he plays for Inner Miami now. You don't really have to do that. Everybody like the attention's already been uh, set on this. Like most people who know who Leo Messi is, they know he plays for Inner Miami now. You know, so I don't think that was really necessary. Well, I don't think so. I don't think the reason they did the tour was to expand the brand. I think that might have been the excuse. I think the reason they did the tour was because they got paid a lot of money from, you know, the Saudis. They got paid a lot of money from the Chinese government for the Hong Kong game. And they're also probably getting paid a good amount for this game in Japan. Um, and that money is probably going towards Leo Messi's contract and any other contracts as well. So, that, you know, and this new stadium that, George Moss and 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 Beckham and company have to build. So I'm assuming that that's why they did it. And they're just taking advantage of the fact that they have players such as Messi, Suarez, and the other, you know, the other guys um, to, to sell tickets. Because let's be real, you take an Inter-Miami squad without two or three of those guys, and you're not getting a sold out, you know, pre, uh, or, you know, warm up uh, or practice before the game in, in Hong Kong. And you're not getting sold out games in Saudi Arabia, correct? Exactly. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely was like, I guess you call it like a cash grab, you know, get people, you know, they probably did make a pretty penny off of it. But at the end of the day, they also have a, a superstar, like, you know, you've mentioned looks this uh, engaged, doesn't look engaged, looks uh, bored, uh, you know, just ready to come home. And all these injuries is just so crazy. You know, like when you look at it, I just even the money they made, it's just what you've lost in the process is just wild to think about. You know, uh, now Frias obviously got hurt in uh, El, Salvador, El Salvador, right? I think that that's when he got hurt. Um, but even still, like just the, the whole preseason, I, I it honestly has, and I'm not trying to be a doomer, but I feel like it, it has went as bad as it possibly could. You know, like it's, you know, realistically without everybody getting injured, uh, you know, that, that's not really likely for that to happen. But it, it feels like quite a bit has, a lot, quite a few players have gotten injured. Um, and And, you know, I just think, Honestly, I don't know if they should play these other friendlies. I think maybe they should just shut it down and, and just wait until their first uh, CONCACAF champ or not CONCACAF Champions Cup game, but the, the first game of the season um, against RSL, right? Isn't that the first game of the season? That's right. Yeah, it'll be yeah. coming up here in a couple weeks on uh, two weeks from tomorrow on the 21st of, of February. It'll be yep, the MLS kickoff against Real Salt Lake at Drive Pink Stadium 
in Fort Lauderdale. Unfortunately, we can't say <laughs> Miami yet, at least until they build their stadium. Uh, so it'll be in Fort Lauderdale in a couple weeks. Um, so let's pivot a little bit into, you know, what I kind of really wanted to talk to you about. So I've been a huge proponent and a huge, you know, just a big voice for getting more South Americans in the MLS. Um, and, and since the beginning of this is football with my you know former co-hosts and, and, and all the, the people who have passed through the program, we've always, you know, been big, big, big voices for bringing more players from South America into the MLS. Why? It's plain and simple. We're from Uruguay, we're from Argentina, we're from South America, and we just want to see more of our players in the league. Now, we've seen a lot of that over the last few years in the MLS, especially a big, big, big influx of young South American talent, mainly from Brazil and Argentina. Um, and, 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 and to me, that's un unbelievable. I'd love to see more Uruguayans, and we are seeing a big influx of Uruguayans. I'm going to bring up a, a graphic right now and I'm not sure if you're going to be familiar with all of these players in the graphic. I mean, I'll name some of them to you, but a few of them, you know, all these guys are from South America. They're all under 25 years old and they're all coming into the MLS this year. So you've got a couple of Uruguayans and Joaquin Sosa and, Ma and Matias Cocaro, which are both going to play in CF Montreal. You've got this young man uh, with an Orlando uh, City jersey who comes from uh, Colombia. I believe that's Angulo. He's a fantastic player. The Brazilian going to LA Galaxy. So you're seeing this young influx. Finally, we're seeing the young South Americans come in. We've been talking about this for so long. How does Will Forbes see this as it benefiting the MLS? Oh, it's it's great. Um, I remember this was this was like over a decade ago. I remember reading some forums talking about MLS, and they were the discussion was about them being a top league and like what they needed to do to reach that goal. And I remember somebody in the comment section said something on lines of MLS will they they don't need to worry about chasing Europe. They will not be a top league until they can convince the South American talent to come to MLS. That is when the league will really start to change. And I think that this is a huge, huge deal that we are seeing these young, talented players finally come to MLS at a young age and hopefully use this as a stepping stone to get to Europe. Um, I remember 10 years ago, like 2014, um, San Jose Earthquakes, they signed. Now, keep in mind, San Jose is still a very cheap team. I don't know if they would get any of these guys in general. But this is kind of like the, the type of player that the league was signing from South America. They signed uh, Matias Perez Garcia from Tigre, 30-year-old uh, midfielder, attacking midfielder. And just to think about signing him, and then now we're talking about they signed, a, you know, the league is signing Gabriel Peck, De La Vega, uh, you know, Almiron like five, six years ago. Just the level of talent that, that we see the increase in such a short time is significant, and it's going to make the league better. Now, the, the, main, the main thing that I think you and I would both advocate for and other fans is we want to see even more of these kids come here. We don't want to just see three or four per team. We want to see five, six, seven, eight per team. Bring as many as you can, and the quality will increase drastically. Absolutely. I, I cannot agree with you more on that. And I think you can see that in the difference in the Continental Cup. So if you can sit down and you watch Copa Libertadores, Copa Sudamericana, you compare that to CONCACAF Champions Cup, and it's night and day. I mean, even, even you, you watch two of the worst teams in Copa Libertadores, and it's still better than watching some of these games on CONCACAF Champions Cup, even an MLS team against 
a Costa Rican team or whatever. It's just some of it is just unwatchable. Um, and, and it's and it's unfortunate, really. So, again, I think with the addition of all these young South American talents in MLS, I think I, I don't want to say the league is going to be more watchable because I think I'll sound a little bit ignorant if I say that. But I think it'll be a little bit easier on the eyes. Why don't we why don't we put it that way? So it sounds a little bit nice, uh, nicer for the people. Right. Right, Will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exa no, exactly. And, and you know, I think that's another reason why the 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 disparity between Liga MX and MLS has changed, and and why Liga MX was so much better. It's because they were targeting a lot of these South American talents. They were signing. That was a, a huge pipeline for their league, and I think that's why they were a lot better for so many years. And you know, some people argue that they're still better, but I, I think that it's uh, <laughs> I, I think it's a lot closer. If 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 not, we haven't passed them already. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that this is a this is crucial and. Um, you know, MLS needs to keep signing talents like these. We need a good mixture. I, that's that's one of the good things about this league is that we can have a great mixture of all kinds of different, uh, you know, talent pipelines. South America, maybe, uh, the, you know, the Dutch pipeline. We had a guy that signed with um, uh, Chicago Fire today, uh, Hugo Kalpers uh, from, from the Belgian League, uh, Ghent. They spent $14 million, I think, on him, which is crazy to think that, that Chicago spent that. Normally, they're a really cheap team. Um, you know, just having that mixture of all these talents, it, it's beautiful to see. And, and it makes me excited to see what this league could be. And, and I think that uh, to just to be realistic about what this league could be maybe in the next five to six years is more like an Eredivisie type league where they, you know, they have a good mixture of all these young talents. And I think anybody who likes soccer in this country would take that quality of league any day of the week. Absolutely. No, no doubt. And I think, I mean, it, it's it's no coincidence that you picked that league out of all the leagues in Europe because a lot of uh, you know Americans go you know jump from the MLS to the Eredivisie uh, or to the Belgian league or you know to some of those kind of second tier leagues um, and do very well. So you know, I would I would think that you know if you're an MLS fan and you know five to ten years from now the MLS is similar to the you know to the dutch league to the belgian league i think mls fans should be happy in terms of quality uh because top to bottom those leagues are are fantastic you know maybe not the the, the clubs at the complete bottom um but you know more than more than not the clubs do compete in europe which is fantastic and that's what you, you really want to see from mls you want to see some of these teams compete um like you know like the seattle sounders did in in winning the uh you know, winning the the Concacaf Champions Cup, right, and and becoming the first league to represent uh, MLS in in the uh, world or what is it the the World uh, Champions World Cup or the oh, yeah, Club, the Club World, World Cup. Cup? Yeah, that's correct. So I mean, and it's going to be interesting now with the in twenty uh, next year with uh, the thirty two team Club World Cup coming to the US. I think it's coming to the US, um, yeah. and it's going to be really interesting to see what teams uh, from the MLS or what teams from Concacaf go in there, uh, just because historically. You might see an America, a Chivas de Guadalajara, now a Tigres. The last, you know, ten years is is doing fantastic in 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 uh, in Mexico. But we'll see what MLS teams qualify for for that tournament. So, all right, well, I want to finish up the episode here. We're almost getting to thirty minutes, um, and I, I wanted to keep it short tonight because you know I got to wake up early to watch the Inter Miami game at five a.m. And for those of you that are not aware, it's not being televised by Apple. Uh, I don't know if you heard this. Did you hear about why, Will? Uh, I heard something about, was it Iniesta having a production company or something along those lines? <laughs> How about that? Isn't that funny that 
Iniesta's, Iniesta's uh, production company is the one who is putting on or has the rights to this. And uh, they couldn't find, I guess, somebody to, to put it on the U.S. or whatever they're saying. Something. It's just kind of weird that a player from the other team or I guess a representative from the other team has the rights to the, to this to the game. I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. I don't know how you feel about that, but it is kind of um, it is kind of random to think like if I told you 10 years ago, you know, we were going to have a, a friendly in Japan with Messi on an American club and Iniesta was going to be the, you know, his production company in Japan was going to produce that. I mean, that yeah, that I don't think anybody would. uh They would say you're crazy if you told them that maybe 10, maybe even five years ago. That's just kind of crazy. I never would have thought that, honestly. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, all right. Just before we finish things up here, I've been doing this every single show this year, and I want to continue doing it because honestly, I think it's absolutely hilarious, and I want to know everybody's taste. But now that I know that Will Forbes is a is a South American guy, I want to know, is Will Forbes a choripan guy or is Will Forbes a milanesa al pan guy? Uh, probably the choripan, honestly. Oof, the choripan has been undefeated in every single show. So far, every single guest has chosen choripan. Only myself, only I have chosen the milanesa al pan. I, you know, if you come down to Miami, I'm going to have to take you to a spot so you can try milanesa al pan. Maybe I'll have you change your mind on that. Uh, maybe not. But uh, Will, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to go ahead and uh, you know let all the viewers know where they can find you, where they can find all your awesome contact or content at, go ahead. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, you can follow me at MLS Moves on Twitter. You can also subscribe to my channel on YouTube, also at MLS Moves. Uh, we try to put out at least two videos a week, and you know we're hoping with the season uh, to put out even more content. We're getting very close to 1,000 subscribers. I think we're like 70 away, so we're growing fast. And you know, I appreciate all the support. Absolutely, I'm subscribed to MLS Moves. Make sure you guys subscribe. The videos are absolutely awesome. Seven to eight minutes long, most of them absolute great content very informative go ahead give him a follow uh help him get to 1000 subscribers over on youtube and he puts out awesome content over on instagram and twitter as well thank you so much will and thank you so much for coming on this is football we will have you back during the season i hope you will want to come back on sounds good i appreciate it all right thank you sir have a good one you too all right ladies and gentlemen that was will forbes at MLS Moves, joining us on This Is Football, an absolutely fantastic guest. I loved having him on. I love talking in Miami, South Americans in MLS. We're going to do it again because he's a fantastic guest. And honestly, I, just, I love talking about South Americans. I know it's very biased, um, but it's where I'm from. And, and I guess, you know, that that's kind of what, what everybody likes to talk about, where they're from and, and what, they, what feels home to them. Um, so just to wrap it up again, I just want to thank all of you once again for joining us at This Is Football. We're trying to make it every single week in 2024. Every Tuesday, we're going to try to make it at 9.30, just like it says, scrolling at the bottom there. Uh, next week, I hope to have on a fantastic guest all the way from Rosario, Argentina. We will have a Spanish show next week. La semana que viene vamos a tener un programa en español con un... Eh, una persona desde Rosario, de Argentina, que es representante, no representante, pero que conoce al eh, club de fútbol, eh, Club Atlético News, que va a jugar el último partido contra el Inter Miami la semana que viene. So, just to recap what I said there, we will have on a guest from Rosario who follows uh, Newells very, very closely. 
uh, attends their games, uh, you know, does the play-by-play for their games. We will have him on to preview the Inter-Miami versus Newell's game that will go on next Thursday. Don't forget to join next Tuesday on This Is Football. I'm Daniel Solana. Once again, we love having you on. We'll be back next Tuesday. Don't forget to follow us. We're out.